Life Audio. Many people start off well in life, but fail to go the distance in their walk with the Lord. Dr. David Shibley, the founder of Global Advance, discusses the subject of going the distance on Encouragement for You. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Encouragement for you host Don Hawkins and Dr. David Shibley, who founded a worldwide ministry called Global Advance, both have decades of service to the Lord. In a recent radio broadcast, the two of them discussed the importance of going the distance in service to Christ. We're going to talk about some landmarks and longevity and uh, serving God, uh, going the distance for the Lord. Sadly, uh, David, not everybody who starts off with the Lord keeps going the distance. Correct? Well, that's true. And uh, we hear sad reports today of people deconstructing their faith, uh, some with legitimate motives to, to get a stronger theological underpinning, but many just bit by bit tearing down the things that they have always believed. And uh, it's a very sad phenomenon. doesn't have to happen. In fact, uh, every day of our lives, we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. Uh, David, let's start off with some landmarks in your life. When did you first start uh, following the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, Don, I I call myself a privileged child, uh, certainly not because our family was uh, financially advanced in in any way, but uh, we were... Spiritually very rich. Mm, I can't remember a time when uh, my mother wasn't going around the house singing songs about Jesus, uh, when uh, the gospel wasn't part of the warp and woof of our lives. And so even as a preschool child, uh, in vacation Bible school, I can still take you to the very place Mm. in the church there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, June 12, 1953, where in simple childlike faith, 
which is the way Jesus says we all have to come. That's true. Uh, I opened my heart to Jesus. Yes. And I'm eternally grateful. Now, here's a question. Many people today, after they've trusted Christ, will come to a point, David, where they doubt their salvation. They sure. have questions, doubts. Ha- have you ever experienced that? Well, in a fleeting way, but not in a lingering way. And I'll tell you why. And I, yeah. I really want to urge every parent, every grandparent listening to me, my parents were so good at uh, underscoring what had happened to me. Yes. They would follow up by saying, now tell tell me again, what happened to you when you went and prayed that prayer? What mm, did you ask yeah. Jesus to do? And they were reinforcing that. And then they gave me a, assurance that Jesus had said, whoever comes to me, uh, under no circumstance will I turn him away. And so they really gave me a reinforcement of uh, an assurance of salvation, and I'm forever grateful for that. They let me know time and time again, salvation is not your accomplishment. This is his right. accomplishment. Yes. I think of two key passages that give us assurance of salvation. One of those is the sheep and the shepherd passage in John chapter 10. Yes, and uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They follow me. I give to them eternal life, Yes, and they will never perish, nor is any person able to pluck them out of my hand. Yeah. What tremendous assurance. Yes, and the very next verse is my wife's favorite verse. My Father who gave them to me is greater, greater. than all, and no one is able to pluck them out of Amen. my Father's hand. And, you know, when you think about no one can pluck us out of Jesus' hand or out of the Father's yes. hand. Yes. I mean, you know, he didn't, for example, he didn't tell Noah, drive a few spikes into the ark and hold on in the flood. Yeah. He basically... And Noah went inside, and they closed the door. Closed the door and that's right. our salvation. Absolutely, absolutely secure. Yes, in the person of Christ, the one who, the one who procured our salvation, yes, right. is also the one who secures. That's our a gr- those are great terms. And then in First John chapter five, verses eleven through thirteen, uh, in essence, there he who has the Son has life. Has life. He who does not have the Son mm-hmm. does not have life. Make sure you genuinely have trusted Christ. And so an entire book of the Bible, First John, yes. is written to address that question mm-hmm. of doubt and uh, and to reassure us of the firm foundation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and he said, I'm not ever going to leave you. I will not ever forsake you. Yeah. As we've already shared, I give to them eternal life. They'll never perish. No one can pluck them out of my hand. My brother-in-law, Marvin Robbins, was a great discipler, a great follower of Christ, Mm -hmm. left a great legacy of men whose lives he impacted. When he was a young fellow, uh, he got into a debate with his uncle, uh, Uncle Jimmy Lentz, who was an Armenian evangelist Uh with World Gospel Mission, had a great impact on the world. And they were debating eternal security, once saved, always saved. Mm -hmm. And Marvin was arguing fervently with Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy stopped him and said, well, the real issue is once saved, always saved, if 
really saved. And Marvin, are you? And that brought mm-hmm. Marvin up short. And it was shortly after that that he recognized that yeah. he had not really trusted Christ. Yeah. And, and I think that's such an important issue for us to recognize. Be sure that you have not just put your faith in the fact that you walked an aisle or shook a preacher's hand or joined the church or were baptized or any other good works. Let's talk about some keys to longevity. And uh, you mentioned one that I thought was so important, and it has to do with starting early or when people are young. Absolutely. Uh, I have very high anticipation for this summer and for Christian camps this summer. Yes. Uh, There is such a tremendous hunger uh, for the Lord right now, and in the Resurrection Sunday just passed, yes. an amazing thing happened in my own hometown of Rockwall. Yes. One church, Lake Point Church, had over 2,000 professions of faith in amazing. Christ yeah. in uh, all of their campuses and, yeah. and their uh, uh, different services. So uh, there's a great hunger, and I know that that extends to kids, and I believe we're going to see God move in great ways in campuses. And David, I believe it's so strategic that we reach out to young people, to children. One of the things I appreciate about my grandson is his endeavor to reach out to younger people and to draw them in and uh, to invite them to hear his testimony, but even more, uh, just to invite them to get to know the Lord Jesus. Well, there's nothing like an age-appropriate evangelist, you know. (laughs) Right. encouraging others to come to faith in Christ. But I I think it's so important. Uh, I I heard someone uh, use the illustration of where Jesus said to Peter, uh, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed Mm -hmm. my lambs. Right. And that at least using that, he said at least one third of every church budget ought to go to children <laughs> oh. and and youth ministry, and I I fully uh, agree with that. I, I, yes. So so many of these landmark decisions we're talking about happen when we are young. Yes. And so we really need to be investing in children's ministry and in ministry to young people and college students. There as well. is a saying that our friends at Child Evangelism Fellowship developed: "You win a child, you win." a life. Absolutely. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. You yeah. know, th- there are four things that I underscore uh, whenever I am with uh, our grandkids, I will I will make yes. at least one of these four statements. Mm-hmm. And anytime I text them or communicate with them in any way, here are the four things I tell my mm-hmm. grandkids. Yeah. Number one, freshly fall in love with Jesus every day. Amen. And yes. Don, I, th- I think if there's any singular key as to why the Lord has allowed both you and me yes. to have decades of, by mm-hmm. His grace, fruitful ministry, yeah. mm-hmm. is that we've endeavored to do just that. And we keep... love Him and love Him passionately. He said, love the Lord your God with all your, all heart, your heart and soul and mind and strength. And, and to make that a fresh experience every yes, day. absolutely. And then another thing I tell my grandkids is you can trust God yeah. and you can trust His Word, yes. the Bible. And then, again, I I share with them to draw upon the power of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that is inside of them. Yeah, we can't do it on our own. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he, in that context, said, I'm giving you another encourager, one of the same kind, the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who's going to dwell in you and empower you when you walk in Absolutely. the Absolutely. And, and uh, our, our kids need to know that there yeah. are these supernatural resources available to them, mm-hmm. as well as the Word of God, the Spirit of God. Yes. Uh, uh, 
exceedingly great and precious promises. But always when I part my final words to any of our grandkids, uh, I ask them, what's the most important thing in life? And they know what uh, Papa says. The most important thing in life is knowing, loving, and serving Jesus. And David, it really comes back to something that uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, that it's not a matter of toughing it out. Uh, We can draw on supernatural power. And and you and I both have learned that lesson early on about the power of the Spirit of God to give us victory. Yes, uh, and and he's constantly uh, available. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus promised he's with you. Of course, he was with the disciples at that time. Sure. He said, but they, but he shall be in you. Yes. And so when the Lord ascended into heaven, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will mm-hmm. come to you. Yes. He comes to us in the person of his spirit. Yes. It's his spirit that indwells us when mm-hmm. we come to faith in Christ. It's his spirit that empowers us when we surrender our will to his will and ask him to fill us with his life and his power. My spiritual life course in college at Southeastern Bible College early on under Dr. Alden Gannett, who was one of my early mentors, was president of the college at the time. And, of course, I had no idea that someday I'd be the president of the college. But uh, I remember uh, so vividly his telling us, uh, quench not the spirit by unyieldedness. Don't grieve the spirit by allowing unconfessed known sin to linger in your life walk in the spirit dependence progress mm-hmm. a step at a time and be filled with the spirit be controlled by the spirit of god uh, those cardinal principles Absolutely. of the spiritual life and the, and you could unpack that as a great series of and messages we'll do a whole program or a series and, of messages and, yeah and uh, that that is absolutely so vital uh, as human life becomes increasingly devalued mm-hmm. uh, in our culture i think it's important for us to remember that uh, we every person has great intrinsic worth because we're all made yes. in the image of God, and yeah. therefore we need to honor uh, each other. But also, this tremendous worth because of the price that was paid for their redemption. Hmm. And then a third great thing about their value is that there's a unique contribution that each person can make that only they can make. I, I really believe <laughs> yes. that God created every person on earth to be the world's best at something. Yes. And it's incumbent upon each of us to find out what that something is and then to pursue it to the glory of God. You know, it was interesting working with uh, seminary graduates and college graduates, Bible college graduates in India during my recent trip there and talking with many of them and, and sensing that some of them have such a passion for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and and very gifted in in the abilities that yes. God has given them. And I think of one young man in particular uh, who is actually not a graduate. He's a second-year student at the Bible College in Trivandrum. But he had such a servant's heart. Yes. He would bring me tea in the morning. He would Beautiful. bring me coffee when I would start my sessions on discipleship and more coffee in the afternoon. And, just, uh, and, and at mealtime, he was the guy there to shovel the food toward me. Unfortunately, I gained about 10 pounds while I was there, but such a servant's heart. And I, I saw that uh, repeatedly in, in folks on the faculty and the staff and, and the people there in, in India. You know, that's why the body of Christ worldwide, we need one another so yes. badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, each region, uh, each people group 
but certainly each national church has a redemptive gift yes. to give to the rest of the body of Christ worldwide. For instance, uh, nobody can cast vision better than we can as Americans. Yes, that we're good at that. We're good mm-hmm. at that. And yet we sit uh, – those who are sitting at our feet to learn like this mm-hmm. wonderful brother you just mentioned. Yes. We need to be sitting at his feet. Yes. Learning uh, servitude and learning a servant's heart. And as we uh, have this, uh, and that's what Paul said, I'm coming to Rome. I've got a spiritual gift to give to you, mm-hmm. but I know that I'm also going to receive yes. from you. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live. Heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. Now back to our discussion with host Don Hawkins and his guest, Dr. David Shibley, on the subject of going the distance. We've been talking about landmarks and longevity. How do you make it over the long haul? And David, I believe one of the ways people overcome and make it through the long haul is what do they do if they have a relapse? How do they reverse course? I I, I love that passage. Come now, let's reason together, says the Lord. Mm. Though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they will be as wool. Yes. And there is that that gracious invitation from our Lord uh, to come and receive his cleansing. Uh, Dr. Bill Bright, for so many years, taught it in a simple way Mm -hmm. that college students really grabbed a hold of. He called it spiritual breathing. Yes. Uh, When we breathe out by the confession of sin, which we've talked about already, Mm -hmm. agreeing with God, this is to have no place in my life. And then we breathe in by receiving the fullness of God's Spirit mm-hmm. and uh, trusting the Spirit of God to direct us from this point forward. Uh, there's not a reason for any person listening to us right now to go any further in a, a relapse of, of faith. This very moment, you can make a choice where you come back fully under the Lordship of Christ, uh, confessing yes. sin asking for the fullness of the Spirit. He'll be faithful uh, to do that for you, and you can begin again. I, I think about Cal Ripken Jr. a lot, yes. Don. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the key to to the reason he's going to be remembered as long as there is baseball oh, is yes. the guy just kept showing up. Longevity. It, longevity, yes. oh, time yeah. after time. Uh, 2,632 consecutive games he yes. just kept showing up, and that's a great key for us. Lou Gehrig had had the record uh, before that. Yeah, the Iron Man, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2,130 consecutive games. Mm-hmm. It stood for 56 years. People yeah. said it'll never be broken, but and it was Cal broken. And Cal Ripken broke it. And he did. And again, just showing up. And, yeah. and and some of that involves showing up in church and being a it part of that does. local. We need the body of Christ. I think about Hebrews 10, yes, 25. That's right. It says, not abandon the assembling of ourselves together. And I know that preachers sometimes camp on that, but David, the last part of that verse, but encouraging each other. other. That's why we need each other. Absolutely. And 
He adds, and yeah. even more so as yes. you see the day approaching. And boy, do we see the day approaching Absolutely. today. So it's yeah. more vital than ever that we have fellowship with one another. Yeah. Uh, the old illustration of uh, one log will burn out very quickly, yes. but logs together burn brightly, draw off of one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is very important, so yes. vital uh, for each of our lives. So our daily personal walk with the Lord uh, we couldn't underscore enough how vital that is. But also, yeah. uh, th- this is not a spectator sport. Right. Uh, we are participating with a – we are part of the body of mm. Christ. Yes. And our contribution is needed, and we need to receive from our brothers and sisters And we're part of well. a universal body, but also yes. a local body, and that's where we get that connection. And I know these days, David, a lot of people have sort of gotten into the habit of watching church church online. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might want to speak to that if you do. Well, uh, and there are some fine preachers online, and, sure. uh, yeah. and we're very grateful uh, for their contribution. But they would be the first to say yes. that you need uh, the fellowship of a local body of believers where you are contributing. Uh, let us remember uh, the the experience of, of corporate worship isn't for our benefit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is for the benefit of all and for the corporate uh, for the glory of God through yes. the corporate church. Paul didn't write a book to end uh, primarily to individuals. He right. did write to Timothy, sure, but he wrote to churches, yes. to local churches, and uh, so many of the promises that we personalize, and it's legitimate to do that. But these are corporate promises, promises to the body of believers, and to Timothy and to Titus, he wrote about how to shepherd that corporate body. Both of them involved in spiritual leadership, pastoral ministry. Absolutely, feed the flock of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is among you, and so it it is so vital, and I, and I'm forever grateful. I've I've been part of a local church experience ever since. Uh, yeah, I can can remember as a child. <laughs> now, David, uh, I'm sensing that you're hopeful for the future, but uh, tell us a little bit about why you feel hopeful about what God is doing. You know, Don. Uh, clearly, at least as I read and understand Scripture. Uh, Dark days, in fact, the darkest days that the world sure. has ever known are yet ahead. Right. However, that is not the end of the story. And uh, Paul said that we're to have this uh, hope within us, looking for the blessed hope mm. and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's what I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, there's this very clear uh declaration in Revelation chapter 11, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord Mm, and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So we have inside information. This is a fixed fight. We know who's going to win. The winner has already been declared. And and so we we rejoice in that, and we want to be faithful in our segment of the race. We want to take the baton firmly from those who've gone before us, pass it on securely Mm. with sufficient speed. In fact, later on this afternoon, I'm going to my grandson's uh, track meet. Outstanding. And he's going to run the 880. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to ask him, hey, did your coach tell you anything about the gun lap? How to... how to run the best best lap being yes. the last lap. I mm-hmm. want to learn everything I can about finishing strong, and I believe that we can cross the finish line. We may be out of breath. We we may collapse into the arms of our Savior. That's all fine. That's yes. that's great. But let's run 
as if to attain, so that we yes. might attain. Because, Don, I know you and I live for, for one sentence from yes. the words of the Savior. Yes. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not every Christian is going to hear that, but uh, we want to be able That's to That's what that. we're looking for, Amen. and we want to finish well. Yes. We want, want to finish strong for our Savior. That was Paul's motivation, and he said that in Second Timothy 4. He said, I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. Uh, I've, uh, you know, finished finish the, the course, the yeah. race. Yeah. And and, and so uh, there's a crown laid up. There and, is a and crown we can laid anticipate. Up. And, yeah. and I think Christians need to hear that, that there is a payoff for all of this. Yes. Uh, and, and that the Lord himself is mm-hmm. going to reward us. Uh, the, the greatest tragedy in life, of course, would be not to go to heaven at all. But the second greatest tragedy, knowing Christ, yes. would be to go into heaven empty-handed yes. with nothing in our hands that heaven says has eternal mm. value right. that we can lay back at the pierced feet of Jesus, not mm. in payment for salvation. He did that. But in gratitude for salvation, believe me, our greatest longing, and I think this is part of the reason why Scripture says that Jesus is going to wipe away all tears from our eyes when we see what could have been, what might have been, yes. had we been fully obedient i want to have crowns in my hands yeah i don't ever plan on wearing them and i won't <laughs> but I, I i want this that heaven says is eternally valuable to lay at the pierced feet of jesus amen to that thank you for listening to this episode of encouragement for you with don hawkins host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.